This is David Wheaton. The following is a TCW short take, a bite-sized highlight from the Christian Worldview radio program. You can hear the full program at thechristianworldview.org. What is the basis, David, whether from Scripture itself or just from the history of the Church, that men and women do not currently have the same miraculous sign gifts to be able to speak in foreign languages, to do miraculous healings, to prophesy about the future, to do signs and wonders, as certain apostles had during the first century, and even some of these men had in the Old Testament too, someone like Moses or the prophets. What's the basis that these gifts have ceased? To begin with, biblically, sometimes the question is asked, you know, where does the Bible say that the sign gifts will cease? That way of asking the question puts us on the wrong track just to begin with, because the cessation of the miraculous sign gifts is something that happened in church history. You can look into church history and and simply find that you're not going to find the speaking in tongues, the prophecy, uh, really anywhere in the first 500 years of the church after the apostles. The lone exceptions were the Montanists, who had a number of heretical tendencies. That You have some militant Protestants in the, the southern region of France that begin to prophesy in the late 17th century. But really, aside from this, uh, there's just one or two group, the Jansenists, some Roman Catholic loyalists, again in the 1700s. It's not until we get to the Quakers in the 1700s again that we actually have any sign of tongues And that really brings us up into the 1900s, which is the first time that we get the Pentecostal phenomenon as it's known today. We have to go into the 1960s before that makes its way into the mainstream Protestant denominations via Van Nace in California through the Episcopalians. So this is a very recent phenomenon. It's it's just not really even disagreed on by even charismatic theologians that you're not going to find this in church history. So if the cessation of the gifts has ha- has happened in church history, we can't really ask the Bible to predict it for us. That would be like saying, where in the Bible does it say there'll be a reformation? So when we come to scripture, the way to ask the question is this way. Does the Bible indicate that miraculous sign gifts will be normative for the church age? That is, does the Bible teach us as the church to expect that these are a regular part of church life? Well, for that, we turn to the epistles written to churches. And what we find is that there's no mention of them in the three epistles of John, nothing in Jude, nothing in James, except if you include his prayer for healing with the anointing of oil, which I don't take to be miraculous, at least not in the the gift sense. Uh, There's nothing in the book of Hebrews, nothing in the two epistles of Peter, and in the 13 epistles of Paul, our only epistle that references it is 1 Corinthians. Romans also has a list of spiritual gifts and mentions prophecy, some doubt as to whether Paul is referring to miraculous prophecy. But what's beyond dispute is that 1 Corinthians is our only epistle that deals with miraculous sign gifts. So, 
first of all, if you want to make the case that these sign gifts are normative for church life, there seems to be a deafening silence from 20 out of 21 epistles. Well, then that brings us to 1 Corinthians. And we know this is a book that is essentially a set of solutions for a problematic church. And many of the problems that Paul deals with are quite context-specific to Corinth or to the era. For example, they're, they're battling the question of buying or eating food, which had been originally offered in an idol temple. Uh, we don't battle that in the 21st century, at least not in my context. They were battling with the question of whether women who were in Greco-Roman culture, they were universally wore some kind of headdress in public. And the question was, were they allowed to take that headdress or covering off during Christian worship? Well, the problem with the sign gifts is a similar kind of contextual issue. There was undoubtedly the mixing of genuine sign gifts with something of some other kind of origin. I mean, Paul has to tell them that it's, uh, it's not okay if someone says that Jesus is accursed in the service. I mean, he has to explain to them this is not from the Holy Spirit. Now, all of this to say the chapters that deal with sign gifts is coming in the book of Corinthians, which is written in the year 55, right in the middle of the apostolic era. And it's tackling the abuse of those gifts and how they were being warped in the church. Now, to me, this is not a smackdown case that this is something we should expect throughout the church era any more than some of these other issues in Corinth are issues that plague us throughout the church era. So I find the burden of proof actually shifts to the charismatic. Since this thing is not given as a normative pattern in the epistles, since it occurs in a transitional period in the book of Acts, since the book of Corinthians is written during that transitional period, and it's a church that was full of problems. Since all of that is in play, and since we know in church history these things did die out at the end of the apostolic era, the burden of proof shifts back to the charismatic to say, can you explain why we should regard these things as normative since the New Testament doesn't seem to speak that way. At this point, uh, I'm going to gently push back and say, Paul doesn't need to set a time limit on the miraculous sign gifts if, in fact, these kinds of things took place. He doesn't have to do that. I, I think the second line of evidence from Scripture then is just, how does the Bible treat the office of an apostle? Does the Bible treat the apostle as a uniquely gifted man, as an office limited to 12 men, and does it treat that office as unique and therefore temporary? Because if it was unique to those 12 men, then the miraculous outpouring connected with the apostles would last only as long as the apostles themselves did. If the miraculous outpouring extends beyond the apostles, then yes, you can make a case for a kind of a continuationism beyond that. But what we see in the New Testament is very much that the particularly miraculous sign gifts are very much connected to these men. And so we should expect that when the last apostle died, we would see really the waning of these gifts. And that's actually precisely what we see in church history. 
So at that point, then we have to turn around and say, well, can you explain why there was a resurgence in the 20th century, why there was an absence for 1800 years, if this was always meant to be normative, and why doesn't it seem like more of the writers of the New Testament impress upon us the need to have these gifts in our worship services? This has been a short take from the Christian Worldview radio program. To hear the full program and connect with this nonprofit radio ministry, go to thechristianworldview.org. I'm David Wheaton.